So, uh, it's a movie, as you can see from the trailer, that uh, traces the life of, a, of a, an episode of a period of a life of a young boy uh, called Evan Hansen as he's uh, in high school. It's a story that touches on uh, anxiety, depression, mental health, um, teen suicide. It's a, it's a, there are some big topics in there. But it's a movie that has been watched by millions, uh, by millions around the world. Uh, it's a conversation that is being had uh, around, uh, very much in our day today, around the topic of mental health uh, and wellness. And uh, actually, I remember a few right at the beginning of the pandemic. Actually, there was a we recorded a session. Rebecca was there with Dan Whitehead, who is the director of um, Sanctuary uh, Mental Health Ministries. Uh, and I remember that Dan made a comment at that point about you know the wave, or the different waves that we've talked about of COVID as that comes through, and you know how now here we are over two years later, and these waves come. And, and Dan made a comment at that point that was there will be another wave, which will be that of mental health. And uh, and I think he was right, and I think we're experiencing it. And I'm just very much aware that as we talk about this today. Um, that for some, this actually I would say probably for most of us, this triggers uh, us. Because I think, probably without exception, we all know somebody close or in our, within our own families or close to us who is experiencing um, some of the challenges of, uh, related to mental health uh, through anxiety or depression. And uh, so as we discuss this, what, I, what this isn't this morning is a kind of tidy summary of, you know, or even some kind of, I think, a misunderstanding that says we can do better if we just try harder and if we just believe a little bit more. Actually, what I want us to be able to have this morning and the way in which we want to set this time up is a conversation um, that you get to listen in on as we reflect on different parts of this movie. And then we may, in turn, be able to reflect on them for those with whom we are interacting in the week to those that the Lord sends us, to those within our own family or even in our own darkness uh, that we might be experiencing. Um, so, to my left, your right, uh, Rebecca Janke, uh, Amy Deutsche. And uh, Rebecca, you will know, and uh, as, uh, as I've so. Uh, as a familiar face to us here at Granville Chapel, I'm going to let both of them introduce themselves. Amy and I met for the first time a few weeks ago, maybe a month, six weeks ago, something like that. And um, she was, first of all, willing to meet with me, and secondly, entertain the idea of coming in and speaking with us uh, on this. So, um, Amy, why don't you go first and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you've come okay, from. Okay, great. Hi, everyone. So, I'm Amy. I'm from Australia. That's the accent. I won't make you guess where it's from. Uh, I moved here in 2019 to go to Regent College, so I'm just finishing up a master's there. I work for Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. I am their youth resource developer, so young people is my jam. That's where I, is my sweet spot. So back home in Australia, I was a youth pastor for a number of years, have worked with young people at different churches or different organisations. Uh, and my background in terms of study before Regent was I did an undergrad in psychology and then a postgrad in social health and counselling. So this kind of dynamic of mental health and faith I've thought about and studied and lived probably for, I don't know, 12 years or so. So yeah, I love talking about it. Okay, thank you. Rebecca. 
You, most of you here know me. I'm Rebecca. I've been here at Granville forever, since 1992, January 2nd. Wayne, shout out to Wayne Elderton's uh, New Year's sermon. That was my first official Sunday here a long time ago. Uh, what you might not know is I work um, outside of these walls as a social worker. I do some private practice parent consultation. So I come alongside parents um, and support them on their parenting journey. As well, I've also worked in adoption. And right now, I'm currently also working at Children's Hospital in an area of complex care. It's actually called the Complex Development Behavior Conditions. Uh, assessment unit, which is a very fancy way of saying we do some assessments for complex kids with neurodevelopmental conditions. So um, my jam, speaking of jam, is really to come alongside parents, but also families that are raising children with a lot of complexity, and certainly mental health is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So thank you both uh, for being here, and thank you for being willing to share in this conversation with us. And uh, you know, you may have, I know Mike has kind of resourced some of our youth with little things, with some notes that you can scribble down, any questions that you might have. You may have them of your, of your own. Uh, I'd encourage you to engage in that way. Uh, we'll be having coffee afterwards. You'll have a chance to chat uh, further afterwards. But So the movie, it, it follows the story of this uh, young boy, Evan Hansen. He's going through therapy. You see the effects that it has on his family. Uh, and right at the beginning of the film, you kind of get this glimpse of Evan, and he's, he's about to go into his first, uh, going back to school, and uh, all of the anxiety that that brings. Um, and the themes that we, that we hear, and we hear it in this first song right, right from the very beginning, it's one of, of loneliness and isolation, of uh, feeling unseen uh, and somewhat lost and... Um, and apart, and he, and he, in this clip that I want to show you, it's um, it's a musical. So in the in the clip that I want to show you, there's this Evan is sings this song, which is called "Waving Through the Window," and uh, and it really is a reflection actually of how he lives life as one who is apart and largely a spectator, as he feels to everything that is going on. So that's where we start the movie, and uh, I got to say, when I watched this movie, actually, it. it uh, brought me to tears repeatedly throughout it because I think there was something in it that we just get a picture of. Uh, the pain and the isolation uh, that is ex the experience of many uh, in and around us, even many of us that are here. Um, so each of you um, work with people uh, who are experiencing uh, some of these challenges. The film is not meant to be a scientific presentation of every element of, of mental health and, and as it presents. But I, I do want to ask uh, each of you, and maybe I'll start with you, Amy, about you know, how, how relatable you found some of the themes as they came through the movie, what struck you particularly, and uh, as it relates to, to your experience. Well, it's funny, even just that first song and talking about isolation, like research will tell us that that feeling of being like, I'm the only one, no one knows what I'm going through, I'm all on my own, or I can't even let anyone into this world. That feeling of isolation is more painful than actually the experience of mental illness itself. And you hear something like that and you go, man, we are so created for community, right? Like that, that is such a, uh, a huge part of mental illness is just, yeah, do I have people around me who can see me for who I really am, which includes those kind of broken parts, those parts I don't really want to show people or admit and be honest about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that definitely rings true for me. 
Uh, and I think one of the other things that really stood out to me, because I do kind of watch these types of things and I start analysing them, and you get this picture of Evan and his picture of someone with anxiety. Like, he's shaky, his palms are sweaty, he doesn't make eye contact with people, he just seems very socially awkward. And I'm watching this and being like, that's a very one-dimensional picture of someone with anxiety. And so when you watch it, there's this beautiful scene uh, with another character called Alana. And on paper, she's like the complete opposite to him, right? She's popular, she's confident, she uh, looks great. And she has this moment where she talks to Evan and she says, uh, she's like, I want to start up this mental health awareness group, you know, for people like us. And Evan, in this world where he thinks I'm the only one who feels like this, looks at her and makes this judgment of like, no, 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 we are nothing alike. And then she just kind of blows his world and says, no, I actually, I also have my own struggles, my own things that I'm going on with. So I love that it brings that out as well. There's not just one way that mental health looks like in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Rebecca. Great, yeah. Thanks, Amy. I mean, I think just to jump on that, it is, it's a wonderful presentation of what mental health looks like, but it is limited, right? Because it is a movie. Um, that character, Alana, I really wanted to jump out. That's why I have notes up here, because there's a few quotes that some of the characters say. So, um, uh, Evan is an easy character, right? We've all take, had those moments where we feel that shaking in our boots, we're all alone. But Alana is this character, as we might get to know in, through some of the other songs, that she's got it all together. And she has this powerful song called Anonymous, meaning she also feels invisible even in her function. And she says here, the parts we can't tell, we carry them well, but that doesn't mean they're not heavy. And that's just such a beautiful invitation for all of us that many of us walk around, you know, there's those little adages that say, uh, be kind to everyone because you never know what they're struggling with, that we all have um, this weight that we carry. And so this is a really important message for the church. I think as uh, we've gone through COVID, there's been a lot of uh, uh, isolation, there's been a lot of loneliness, so there's been some really big themes. Vancouver was a lonely city to begin with, um, and two years into this pandemic, we are lonelier than ever. And as a church community, this is where our hope comes from. We understand the need for community, and we also understand the beauty um, of being interconnected with one another. So I think we'll talk a little bit more about that, about how not to be so anonymous with one another as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean... We understand the need uh, for community. We, we long for, I mean, even now as we're coming out of the of social isolation that COVID, COVID has enforced on us, it's still not an easy thing for us to be able to come back. And I think that's what has caught many of us by surprise. Even the, the, the return um, to community uh, is, not, is not an easy one. And, uh, you know, what was hard before, as Rebecca said, you know, it's, it's been intensified through this period. Um, there is a, there's a scripture, in, or I, I thought, particularly in Psalm 139, that, that talked that sense of the unseenness and our anonymity, but we're reminded in scripture that God sees us when we were formed in the womb of the mother, that he saw every part of us. He knows the days that are before us. Um, that unseen yet seen um, truth um, that is ours, um, but how hard it is to hold that truth um, in that place, which is why the, the, the importance actually then of others who can see that for us and, and, uh, and, and see us even uh, in those moments. Um, that, something about, uh, something else that comes out in this movie in kind of 
in, in Evan's story and the lyrics of not being seen. And, and in, in the story, he has to, so the, there's a letter that he's written and that gets kind of misplaced, goes to the wrong hands and, and this is where it all begins, this misunderstanding of the relationship between Evan and uh, this boy who took his own life uh, called Connor. And uh, there's, so this, this desire to kind of, to be, to have friends, Evan is, is friendless. And um, in, in the letter, he writes about, you know, today is going to be a good day. You know, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And, and then he goes on to write, just be funny or be confident or be smart. Just be all of these things. And that's not, that's not how he's feeling. That's, that's certainly not a sense of who he believes himself to be. And, and I, you know, I think we're going to come to this next clip in this sense of, Never feeling that we're enough. Um, and it's not just for Evan and his friends and, and Alana and the, the, all the other characters that we see through the movie. I think we also see it through the lives of the parents and those around Evan uh, and, and the others who feel, are they enough even to be able to come in and support? And, and, isn't, and how much even in, in today, uh, social media, what we present, the, the, the side of life that we want to be, uh, that we want people to believe, that we ourselves want to believe. I mean, the, the, the Evan Hansen story is this sort of projection of a story of another, of like a parallel existence of what might be, right? Uh, social media does that to us too. You know, we, we might use it in a similar way of, uh, well, this is kind of what I'd like to present, um, but not always the case. Um, so this next clip is a story from... Um, it's actually after a point in which Evan has shared with his mum... Actually, all the things that have happened and how this story has now just gone viral and has escalated and, and is now running out of control. And, um, and as he shares with his mum, there's this very just, it's just heartbreaking moment in which he, through his tears, you know, says, do you, do you hate me now? You know, you should uh, now that you know how broken I am. And his mum looks back and, and says to him, I, I, we saw it in the, in the trailer, I already know you, and I love you, is her response. Uh, so let's uh, watch this clip. And the mum is speaking about, uh, she's, she sings to Evan, she's, she's relaying the story of, of the time just after the father had left. The truck came to take dad away and all of his belongings, and, uh, and Evan has lived wondering, is there a truck coming for mum? Not feeling enough, but knowing that there is grace enough is, uh, is a truth, right, that we know. And, and, and I, we, get, we get to speak, actually, we can reflect on two perspectives, one for, the, for particularly for young people or for anybody who is in that place of not feeling enough, um, of anticipating failure, which, as the mum says, I'm going to fail a million times, and I, I, I did, and I will, and, and I do, and, or I do, and I will. And, and what do we... What kind of support is there, and, and what are the pressures, particularly on young people right now, of that sense of performance and measuring up, what, the expectation upon them? Where's that coming from, and, and how, do we, how do we navigate that as, you know, in that place, experiencing that, but also as parents uh, helping through that? Who wants to go first? Go for it, Rebecca. Um, I really like this question, right? I mean, where is this coming from? And I want to, I was thinking about this even for the first question, but I think it's really appropriate here too, is when we're children 
And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and I just love that verse. Because children move through their world one emotion at a time. Developmentally, kids are quite pure in their emotions. So when they're mad, they're all mad. When they're happy, they're all happy. They've got joy, right? They, when they're sad, they're all sad. The world has fallen apart because their ice cream has fallen. But as we grow up and as we move into adolescence, something happens actually in our brain that causes us to have the ability to mix our emotions. And that gives us a greater breadth of emotions and depth of emo emotions, but it comes with a lot of confusion and complexity. It's a time that we often start to feel alone we start to recognize that we are distinct from one another. A little child can make the mistake that if they come home from school and tell their mom or dad a story, that mom lived it. She knows the story. But as we grow up and mature, we start to realize, although I can tell Amy my story, she can't know my story. She can't know me. And for all of our young people, if you're listening, if you're a tween or a teenager, this is a normal development. And it comes with it an uptick in anxiety. It comes with it an uptick of melancholy. And it's meant to be there. It's meant to bring us more vibrancy in our lives. We feel ache, we feel longing, we feel lo uh, loneliness, we feel embarrassed like ways we couldn't when we were younger. So I think one thing in our culture today is we don't have a great language for the normalcy of this. And very easily, if we're not able to guide our young through it, it can get stuck. These emotions are meant to move through us. We're meant to feel uh, like the world is bigger than us. And that's to bring us to a place of inspiration. You know, all this plastic in my house is hurting the earth. This makes me feel melancholic. What am I going to do about it? Now I want to take action. This spurs on my, my innovation to help care for the earth. But without that action piece to it, because all emotions, emotion actually means to move, uh, it's the root of the word, they're meant to move through us, like I said, to bring us to this place. But when it gets in trouble for us is when it gets stuck, when that sadness gets stuck, when that anxiety gets stuck. So Evan Hansen, his anxiety got stuck, he was shaking, and he had a hard time moving forward. Um, but I think we all share in that. So I think... Really, I wanted to make sure I said that. I'll, I'll pass it over to Amy. I probably have more things to say, but um, I've certainly spoken enough. But just wanted to lay that out, that there's a part for us that is um, God-given and meant to be there. It's part of our development. But there's certainly a place where we do get stuck in the mud along the way. And I think that's so helpful, knowing what is normal or, yeah, maybe a bit different. And... Um, I think often if we don't hear it talked about, then our assumption is, oh, it must not be normal because no one else is going through this. And so actually when we speak out what's in us and we tell that to other people, that can help us not have to figure it out on our own, right? We can ask other people, like, is this normal that I'm feeling this way? Or, yeah, we can rely on the people around us for that, which is so good. Um, but to your question, Paul, I think, like, it has been the number one question... Anywhere I am in the world, actually, like last summer, I did a survey with young people and parents, youth leaders, youth pastors, and there was a couple of questions in there. I said, you know, if you had one question for God about mental health or one question for a mental health professional, what would it be? 
And the number one response across all ages was something along the lines of, how do I help somebody else? Like, how can I do that even better? And I think, honestly, that's what took me into a Masters of Counselling. I thought, oh, I love listening to people and caring for them, but, like, I can be a bit competitive sometimes. So I'm like, I want to be the best at it. Like, how do I get even better at helping others? And uh, doing that course was, like, this huge weight came off of my shoulders because I had this realisation through what they were teaching me that actually my presence with someone is of utmost importance and I actually don't need to know everything. There's actually something, uh, there's something we can give people in not knowing everything. Like if you came to me and we started talking and I said, okay, yep, yeah, you've told me enough. Actually, I know exactly what you're going through. Let me tell you what you need, da 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 That wouldn't actually be helpful if I came in as this expert into someone's life. But if I can sit there and I can listen and I can ask questions, that actually is going to be more helpful. And so that's great news for us because everyone has those skills. We are all able to listen and we are all able to ask questions. And absolutely we can get better at those things, but you already have uh, what you need to help and love other people. And if I was counselling someone, one of the first things I'm listening out for is do they have people around them? Do they have social supports? Because that is crucial to them getting better, to them kind of moving beyond this point that they're at now. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's so important for us to hear. Um, and I think, yeah, I was sharing with you at one point, Paul, like I've thought about this so much, like this topic, and still I will sit with people and be like, wow, I have no idea what to say. Like I don't know, or I don't, I don't know what to do in this moment. And actually, I would far rather be there because that actually drives me back to God. And I go, God, I need you. Like, what do I say? Can you give me wisdom? What do we do here? And particularly with young people, that is such a gift to be able to model dependency on God. And so for the people in this room who are older, that is something that you can really gift to younger people. You have relied on God and depended on him through so many seasons of questioning and doubt and struggle. And if you can just model, yeah, we don't always understand God. We don't always understand what to do. It's not simple. Life is complex. Uh, just modeling that, praying together, crying out to God together. Mm. Yeah. I do remember when we did sit down, I, I said to Amy, well, I mean, really, I just want to, I'm just the guy on the end of the conversation. And um, I don't, you know, I, I want to hear from the experts. And, and Amy said, no, no, actually, it's really important to understand that the role that we all have in this and I think presence, you know, being in community, just being alongside the withness uh, that, that is so key to this. And, you know, so I don't know about you, but when, you know, you watch that scene with the mum and you just see her agony in this story and her own just sense of defeat, I think, that says, and I know I'm going to fail a million times or whatever, however she phrases it, and I did... And I do and I will. And, and I don't know how many parents just don't feel that um, often, <laughs> you know, in our, in our experience. But, but actually, you know, in, in our, there is this, our hope and our trust isn't in, it's never in our own strength, our own ability, in our own smartness, our wise and convincing words. Our, our trust and our confidence is in God. And we lean on him and we bring our friends and our loved ones to him and seek his wisdom uh, as, we, as we draw alongside. 
Um, it, and it's not, it's not going to be tidy, right? There is, there is no kind of, like if there was a one word or a little tweetable thing that would solve all this, we'd have found it. It's more complex. Um, and just on your point of social media, like it doesn't help for us to project that we've got it all together. You know, even, like I know that that's a, a different dynamic between a parent and a child and they're going through their different stages, but yeah, if we can be honest about our own sense of failings or, yeah. yeah. And just that that is what relationship looks like, actually. You're not going to find the perfect friend who's your BFF forever who doesn't ever let you down. Right. But how do you, how do you have good, healthy relationships um, and, yeah, navigate those times when you do let each other down and you are disappointed and they didn't say the right thing, but how do you, yeah, keep working through those things? Yeah. 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 Pardon? Yeah. yeah. So Please. speaking about parents and how to support, one of the questions, right, was how do, as parents, can we support our, our children and our youth um, and our young adults' children as they move through their emotions? And certainly, just like what everybody has said here, there is um, such value in that presence. And I just love that invitation that we can all sit and listen and be with our children. That doesn't take a degree. It doesn't take any fancy anything for us to just spend some time with our children. Get to know them, listen to them, hear them out, give them generous wide space to say what's really going on. So throughout this movie, Evan is carrying the weight of feeling that tap, tap, tap of on the outside looking in. He's told nobody. He's feeling so uh, uh, separate from everyone. He's shaking in his anxiety. His mom certainly knows about his anxiety, but her solution in the beginning of the movie is to send him to a therapist, to use medication, and that absolutely has its place and has its role, but what he also hungered for was connection with his mom. And this beautiful song shows this moment when they get to really be face-to-face -face and together. Um, and it's not always easy for us as parents to listen. I don't know, I could probably, if I poll you, because I talk to parents all the time, we were often raised to cut it out, to stop feeling sad, to pick up our bootstraps and keep going, um, and to don't worry, it'll all be okay, don't worry, be happy, has been the motto of the 70s, 80s, 90s even. And so as parents, we're often feeling floundering ourselves how to lead our children. And what they need to hear is not that it's going to be okay, because when we say that to our child, what they hear is, i got to carry this by myself because you're not understanding. You're, you're, um, you're, not, you're not with me in this. All we need to do is just sit there and say, I'm listening, tell me more. What's going on? Um, there may be a place to lead them to some ideas of solution, but not in that moment. That can come later and often done through permission, right? Sometimes you can say, I have an idea. Do you want to try it out with me? I'll do it with you. I'm coming alongside. And that is such a message for us as the church, that that's how we can help our teenagers in our world, but also this is how we help one another. By just being here in this room, we are bearing with, witness for, with each other and for each other that um, we all struggle and we know that. It is easy to tap, tap, tap on that glass and feel like we're looking in even within the church. I look over the aisle and I think that you have it all together. You think that I have it all together, but I'm not, I'm feeling invisible. 
but actually the Lord offers us this place of community because he knows we need it. God doesn't need us to sit here together for him. He knows we need it to be in relationship with one another, to share our burdens. And we do that through relationship, through DNA groups, home groups, um, going for coffee, just sharing, going through the picnic after a church service, uh, ministry time. Those are those places where we can blast through that anonymity and just um, be together with one another. And it's just so powerful. And it's just simply that, it's that simple of just showing up, not fixing things, but just walking with, praying for, and you know we'll get to kind of the the divine <laughs> intervention, which is not really highlighted in the movie, but certainly that the Lord is with us, um, and that His grace is all we need. His grace is sufficient for us um, each and every day, but finding it is sometimes uh, the access point. We can feel very, very alone on that journey, and it reminds us. My last thing I wanted to say on this is. When I go to work and I have a hard time and I think of you, I think of your witness. I have, you guys bear witness in my life in ways that you don't even know, but I take courage. I go, hey, you know, if Francesca can do it, maybe I can too. There's a c- encouragement or knowing that you're praying for me, knowing that there's, I can reach out. Even this morning I reached out and said, uh, I'm speaking at Grandma, can you pray for me? <laughs> um, that's, that just gives me so much ability to keep moving forward and not let those emotions get stuck, but let them do the work that they need to do, but move me forward um, as I go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we get to this in this final clip as it comes to, to the, sort of towards. Well, it comes in the, mid, in the middle of the movie, and this is where it, it all. This message goes viral. Um, you know, Evan stands and speaks, and to begin with, he sort of is inventing this story. He drops his notes, and then is just crushed by his anxiety and then speaks to this message of hope, of being found. Um, so I want us to watch this and then we'll, get, we'll take a moment to, to reflect on this message. You know, a, a scripture that, that reminded me or I, I've been reflecting on actually for quite some time is, is the, 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 the story, the parable of the Good Shepherd. And Jesus uh, tells the story about the shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes out and searches for the one. And, and he says, and, and he, you know, as the shepherd, he goes out and he searches until he finds the lost sheep. And when he finds him, he puts the sheep on his shoulders and he carries it back and, and celebrates and rejoices over the one that was lost who has been found. And, and as we think about that story, I, we think of, you know, what role did the sheep actually have in that Jesus, it's, it's, all, it's his initiative to us. All of us have been found. And we say, oh, I found Jesus. He found us and he picked us up and brought us home. Through the cross, God has made a way for us all to find our way home. And he, he carries us there. Jesus brings us there. So, you know, this, this being found theme actually is a beautiful message that's contained within the film, and, and, and we know, actually, the one who seeks after us with all his heart, who longs for us, who weeps after us, who, whose eye is never off or away from us, whose presence is never far from us. Um, so, you know, what, what encouragement do, do you find? What, what, what encouragement is there then for, you know, in two ways, for us, Rebecca, you've, you've started to talk about it, or both of you have started to talk about um, you know, the role of the church. What if we started, though, but for those who feel 
alone and, and are feeling the weight of the, of the darkness crashing in. What encouragement uh, is there to share or what, or what thoughts and reflections? I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is actually from, uh, from work, from Sanctuary. Uh, most people, when they think about mental health, put it on this spectrum. That's the kind of main model. Like you are mentally healthy over here and then you kind of get to the other end and that's when you have a mental illness. Um, but in Sanctuary's resources, we have another plane, another axis uh, that talks about the language of languishing and flourishing. Uh, and that comes from a, a psychologist, Dr. Corey Rees, and we've drawn on his research. Uh, but it's a beautiful model because it says actually we're all on this continuum together. It's the mental health continuum. And so no matter where you are along this, uh, this axis, whether um, you don't have a diagnosis or maybe you have been diagnosed with bipolar, schizophrenia or something, you will have moments in your life where you are languishing, where it's hard to get out of bed, where things are tough, you're not feeling at your best. And there's also times when you'll be flourishing, when you'll be like, oh, I feel like I can take on the world today. And that's a really helpful model because it says actually your mental health is not this uh, static thing. Like it moves up and down for all of us. We're all on this continuum together. And I think that's a key message in this whole film is it's reducing stigma, one, by talking about it, but two, by saying you are not alone. Like we are all going through this life journey together uh, and it's not going to be the way it is right now, always. It will, yeah, go up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. I think along that, too, I want to just really acknowledge that for so many of us, like we talked about what did the movie get right and what did the movie miss? And one of the things the movie got right was sort of this need in us to be in that community, to reach out, to have somebody find us. But the reality is, and this is the reality that we know as Christians, sometimes there is nobody. Sometimes there is no one to see our pain. We do have times of being alone. And there is no physical person that is supporting us in that moment. There are a few key themes of this in the movie, for those of you who've seen it, where Evan himself felt achingly alone to the point of wanting to take his own life. Um, and he failed <laughs> in his attempt, but there is this great reality of that longing. And I think um, it's important for us to acknowledge that for many of us, we will have those dark nights of the soul. We kind of have different words that we put word, have words for it in our, our language. But in the Psalms, Ecclesiastes, they are beautiful p- portrayals of the ache within us. And I certainly want to acknowledge in this room that for some of us, we have lost loved ones. We have um, had people really despair and not be able to come back out. And this is the reality that we hold. There is that tension. Um, it, if we can be found by a person, this is the invitation for us as a church, as a community. It's wonderful. Um, but of Above all of that is the Lord Jesus, right? That he does not let us fall. He goes out to seek us and to find us. And this is the promise. Um, What does this mean for those uh, of us who have really faced that full pain of of losing someone? Uh, It's hard to know, except that I think God's arms are very, very long and very wide, and he has great capacity to hold us even when we are in those moments of feeling desperately alone and there isn't that 
person to come alongside. So in the movie, I really love the lyrics of the song. Um, someone will come running and I know they will take you home. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, when you are broken on the ground, you will be found. And it may not be each other. It may be the Lord. And in those moments when we're truly alone, he comes in and just like you said, picks us up and carries us home, puts us on our shoulders. And that's the invitation to be in relationship with the Lord Jesus is to tap into that because people will fail us. They will betray us. Friends, especially for our, our youth in mental health, a lot of times their mental health crumbles when their friends betray them. So they have trusted a friend and it's, and it's not worked out so well. And so I certainly want to acknowledge that and hold space for that of for, for that as, as we go forward but that's the the hope is that the Lord steps into our darkness and he brings his light and his hope thank you yeah that just uh, sparked a thought in my head it's really interesting so in the movie this song comes at a time where I think Evan actually hasn't felt found um, he's kind of projecting this uh, image of himself, he's telling all these lies about how he's really good friends with Connor and so on. And I think when he actually feels found is the moment that we watched in the clip before mm-hmm. and he's in his room and he feels so broken. He's at, you know, he's in the pit of despair and that's when his mum finds him. Uh, and so I think being found is also being seen mm-hmm. um, for exactly who we are and what is really within us. Um, yeah, which is something that... Uh, as we think about being in community, it's like, oh, if I want to be found and seen, I actually need to tell people what's really going on for me. Um, but I think also with, with God, it's so important. Um, I was even just talking to someone this week, and I just remember in high school, I read a line somewhere that was like, uh, we need to pray what's in us and not what ought to be in us. And I just had that on a post-it by my bed for all of high school. Um, And it's amazing how influential that's been. Um, But just, yeah, sometimes we think, oh, I just need to pray the lyrics that we sung this morning or scripture and just say, oh, God, I know you're with me and thank you and I love you and da-da-da. But actually, if we want greater intimacy with God, that also means saying, I don't understand. I don't get what's going on. Why is this happening to me? This is so painful. Uh, And I think the Psalms are just such a beautiful echo of that. And Jesus on the cross, he says, why? <laughs> why have you forsaken me? Uh, and so, yeah, I just think that's such a crucial message. And one of the things that doesn't come out in the movie is they don't talk about uh, why do we have a mental illness? That's not kind of given in the film. It's just taken for granted. Some people, that's their lived experience. Um, and I think sometimes in the church, we try to give it a reason. Oh, maybe you're not praying hard enough. You know, if you're feeling anxious, you're not praying enough or, uh, yeah, you're not being faithful to God's promises or we come up with these different things. Maybe it's your sin or you're being punished by God and I just want to clearly say I don't think it's those things. I don't think that God is dishing out mental illnesses or different forms of suffering to people. I think it is part of this broken world that we live in Uh, and I think that's so important because how can you come to a God and want his comfort if you think he's actually punishing you? for what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just, yeah, important yeah. to highlight. 
Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, we're going to. The conversation really is a starter for, I think, this topic. It's not we don't sum this all up in one occasion or one time. And I, and I also want to give us a chance to come and respond. You know, we're going to we're going to worship together and 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 hear and allow God to speak to us through this. And I know that for some of you, you want you'll need to leave because we've we kind of come to the official time of our service ending. And if you need to, then then that's fine. But. I also don't want to send us out without having the opportunity to respond and allow God to respond, um, us to respond to what he's been stirring in our hearts through this conversation. I think, you know, this, there's a message that Evan gives that goes viral. My encouragement to us as the church is we also have a message that needs to go viral. In fact, it has, it is, and it's the gospel. It's not tidy, it's not neat, it's not going to be... Uh, the end of all our problems, but there is the withness of God that is the which is the incarnation of Jesus came. He comes to us. He meets with us. We read in Psalm 34, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians was that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you and the glorious inheritance in the saints. And the hope for which God has for us all is he has a good plan, plans to prosper and not to harm us. The Lord is good. Our friends may let us down. Our parents, we as parents will fail. People will let us down, but the Lord never does and he never will. And that's our trust and that's our hope and that's our confidence. And that has to be our message, doesn't it? As we, as we go from here. So I, I want to thank you both very much for giving us your time this morning. Shall we uh, express our thanks to Amy and Rebecca? Pardon? I want to say that in the ministry, yeah.